Hello! Welcome to the Rainy Day Sput Brigade, the podcast where we dissect spicy books and take out all the juicy parts and talk about the plot, too. I'm Ashley. I'm Hannah. And I'm Allie. Before we get into anything, we want to remind you that this podcast is for mature audiences only, and we do recommend you double-check that your headphones are indeed connected to your listening device. So sit back, relax, maybe get some wine, and let's start the show. All right, this week we are starting back up in a series that we started a few weeks back, The Salacious Players Club Ooh. by Sarah Kate. As we previously told you, Miss Kate is a badass, sexy romance writer who takes no shit, lets the world know that the romance genre, specifically the spicy romance genre, is the best room in the house. Last time we visited this world, we learned that it's always best to use your manners. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And this week we get to learn about age gaps, kinky sex shows, and sometimes that it can be just as much fun to watch from the sidelines. Mm. Yes, we do. So last time we learned about Emerson and Charlotte from book one, Praise, and then we do get to see a little bit about them in this book. Today we're going to focus a little bit more on Garrett and Mia. This is a step-sibling duo with the dash of that famous enemies to lovers vibe and i will say for our audience members hannah has a little case of the laryngitis oh yeah <laughs> heads up i'm not really sick sick i'm just recovering that's her sexy sick. voice that's my sex oh god is this your sexy voice because this is what it sounded like she was like yesterday was bad <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday was real bad. I think Martin did like it though, just because I couldn't fuss at him. <laughs> she was like, "I think I'm getting better. <laughs> I, I can eat kite tomorrow. No, <laughs> no weather." <laughs> <laughs> Made me choke. <coughs> so I'm going to give a quick synopsis of our book. Basically, Eyes on Me is a continuation of the Salacious Players Club. Garrett, we have the same prologue for both books, but this is from Garrett's point of view. And we learned that Garrett, he does a lot of the hiring and the setup for the show. And he's really stressed out about what's been going on and are we doing as well as we should be. And we find him at a very weak point in his life. And he ends up going up to the lake, his lake house to, with his parents to get away for a little bit. But the reason he goes up there is scandalous. It is scandalous. It's, it's salacious. salacious. One could say taboo. Ooh. Very taboo. Although I didn't find this as taboo as I find other step-sibling romances. Yeah. What happens is he opens up a kind of a cam app, and he finds a girl, and that girl ends up being his stepsister, Mia, who he hasn't seen in like 10 years. No, he's seen her, but he's he hasn't her. really been super involved. Really not yeah, at all. He hasn't been super involved. 10 years ago, there was a real big strain that happened with mm-hmm, him and his mom, is. and I think he had something that happened. But they're 13 years apart in age. Yeah, That like isn't too big of an age for me. They live in the same city, and 
he like would see them occasionally. Right. But he withdrawn a little bit. Yeah. It wasn't super involved. Not really part of the family. Well, he opens up this webcam and he sees his sister and starts having lots of feelings and emotions that he knows he probably should not have. So he ends up making a fake profile mm-hmm. and paying, what was it, like $400 an $450. hour? $450. $450 an hour? For a private chat with her. We are in the wrong business. That's what I'm mm-hmm. saying. <laughs> but she doesn't know it's him. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know it's him. Lo and behold, he ends up going up to their lake house, which she and his mother and stepfather are at. His stepfather is currently sick. He has cancer. And they end up on this week-long back and forth, very tension-filled. Mm-hmm. Something's going on. Is it? Is it? Is it not? Until finally a little something does happen where she's in his bed. But he's pretty much a gentleman. And that ends up in a, a weeks-long thing where she is in love with this man on the internet that she thinks is, do you remember his name? Drake. Drake. Drake, but it's actually Garrett. Yeah. And Garrett is falling in love with her, but then she's also falling in love with Garrett. So what does mm-hmm. she do? And lots of things happen. Drake actually sends her a fun little toy to play around with Garrett with at the club. She comes and visits Garrett at the club. <laughs> he Drake sends her because Drake <laughs> obviously is Garrett. Garrett. She's been talking to Drake about Garrett. So she's talking about Garrett to Garrett. But she I have a lot of trust that. issues with this whole thing right here. Yeah. So Drake slash Garrett sends her an anal plug. Mm-hmm. Which and it's very beautiful. It's got a gem on the, mm-hmm. I guess, to pull one of the pull out parts. I don't know. <laughs> The flared base. Well, the fl- no, I that's guess, not the. Sorry. I guess it's like not the attached base. to the flared base. Mm-hmm. Yeah, always have a flared base. <laughs> always don't want to get that thing lost. Anyway, <laughs> he tells her, "Use this when you're with your stepbrother, with Garrett." Even though it's Garrett that's in Garrett. it, <laughs> and she does it. She does. She it. shows up to the club, and she ends up being after this whole back and forth. Should they? Shouldn't they? They get together. It's. It's, she's it, a virgin. She's I think a virgin. That's an important part. That's, I hate the virgin trope. I just like that too. I don't mind it because it didn't feel like they were putting, like her value wasn't found in her virginity. And so I don't mind it because she was just being honest. And I felt like she wasn't finding her. I feel like she it was, was done. not. Yeah. I don't like the way he responded to it. I don't mind the way that he responded to it. I had a lot of problems with him throughout this book, but I. I do think that it is okay for a 30-something-year-old man who is having a sexual interaction with a very young woman, and she says, I'm a virgin, and for him to say, let me make sure that this is a really healthy situation. Mm. So I think that's why it's handled well for me is because he's saying he just wants to make sure that it's what she really wants and that it's a good situation. I think that I want people to have sexual freedom, but I think that sometimes we do swing too far into the all sexual freedom is good. I think there needs to be healthy. Yeah. A healthy. And so I think him taking a step back and saying, okay, let me make sure that this is a good situation. And she really does want it. I don't have, I have no problems with that. I think what I didn't like is he just didn't believe her. Like she was like, I'm okay with this. And he didn't believe her. Yeah. And that's frustrating to me. I had a hard time with the, you're 23. How could you have not had sex yet? I think that was rude. And then for Emerson to do it too, I think it's really rude. And then they were like, oh, but she's hot. Like, how could you have not had sex? I did not like that one. Like that, I've 
found problems with that, but not necessarily the virgin trope. I didn't have problems with the fact that she that was a virgin. One. Yeah, I think I've just read so many poorly done tropes. Yeah, I, I really need to read more of, I guess, this type of trope. And it's well done because mm-hmm. I just it's just something ingrained in me. Whenever I read it and I realize that's where we're going, I'm like, oh, yeah, I because like I, I do think it's OK for a woman to say I'm OK with being a virgin. I'm OK and I'm willing to wait until there's a situation where I feel like I want yes. to do it. And I feel like a lot of young people these days do not feel that freedom or they are like have to be sexually free. And this is the only way I can be sexually free is I have to have all these experiences. And I do think that can lead to just as many problems as you have to remain a virgin until marriage yeah well i think actually studies have been done Mm -hmm. and i'm not 100 sure kids who do feel sexual freedom wait longer to have sex so when their parents are thinking on how you're defining sexual freedom when their parents are not like writing these rigorous things and their parents are open and honest and and talk about sex positively Positively, but in a healthy way of using wisdom with sex so because when i'm saying sexually free i feel like there's a healthy definition of it and then there is a like a misused version of it where sexually free means you've tried everything if you feel like you need to experience these things you're often put in situations where you don't feel 100 percent comfortable okay yeah 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 listen to a couple of podcasts where there are studies that are coming out now where they've seen the swing from abstinence to have whatever experience you want and that there is also a lot of issues that are arising with people are experiencing things that they didn't feel comfortable with and then there's a lot of like afterwards a lot of trauma from that yeah well yeah yeah Yeah. and so I think that it's okay I don't remember where I'm going with this but I think (laughs) it's okay that she and yeah there's no problem with her being a virgin at 23 and I think she has a very good sense of self and who she is yeah and she doesn't mind that she's a virgin yeah my thing was he didn't believe that she yeah I didn't like that he's not comfortable then he's not comfortable but it was like he made a big deal out of it he didn't believe that she was okay with having sex that's what I'm saying like she said right I'm okay and And it's okay for him to be uncomfortable yes but I feel like he just didn't like why didn't you just believe her right I I that's what I see yeah I when I said earlier I was like I think that he like withheld it too long because he was taking on that toxic like virginity status yeah of I can't be the one to take this from her because it's this really really big deal so I think we're all the same way right yeah. I, I think, think we're saying the same yes. thing I think he didn't believe ways. her when she said no I do want this multiple times I firmly believe he did the right thing that first time especially because she was under the influence of oh yeah that's right she was they both and so i think that that was definitely the right choice for him to be like no 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 i need to take a step yeah 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 for sure but then when she kept saying it and he was like uh uh, no i can't do it i can't do it but and i do i don't have a problem with the 13 year age gap but i do have issues with an older stepbrother who when he met her she was a young child and he was in his he was like 21 and then years later they get together so 
they hinted at the fact that in the beginning, before that big event happened that we later found out was his depression, that he took her to movies and they yeah. had fun and stuff. That's what I didn't like. I don't care about the stepbrother. I don't care about the 13-year age gap if you don't really have any contact with anyone. And I think that's kind of what you're saying yeah. when they're younger. The thing that killed me was at some point you were 21 and she was, what, eight? Mm-hmm. And you were taking her to the movies yeah. and you were going to the mall. So and much had so, movie so that she fell in love with you and she's loved you all these years. Like that, it's just I didn't like me. that part yeah. of it. Yeah, I did not. I'm fine with that. If they would have been like, hey, at the wedding and then didn't really see each other except for random Christmas here, random mm-hmm. Thanksgiving yeah. there, I would have been much more okay with it. So I looked up a lot of the reviews on Goodreads for this and it has a plethora of amazing reviews. But all of the one and two star reviews basically say the same thing that we just said. Mm-hmm. They loved everything about it, but they could not get past the yeah. idea that at some point in their lives, they were like 10 and 22 yeah. or whatever yeah, and were friends. Or mm-hmm. not friends. Had but they that, were interacting. Had a brother-sister relationship. Regularly. Right. Yeah. That was really the biggest critique that mm-hmm. I could find on everything. But how was the sex scene? What did you think about it? I I think it was a little unrealistic. But at the same time, she has so much sexual freedom within herself that maybe it is realistic that she didn't really feel much pain yeah because she was aroused Mm -hmm. because that's the thing that happens is when people have their first sexual experience sometimes it hurts a lot because they're not actually aroused Mm -hmm. or they're they're not fully aroused yeah yeah and she was Mm -hmm. so maybe it is realistic let me say something to that again. Okay. I, and this is me going on a soapbox. but And she has re- used toys, so. She has used toys, but there are so many books that make it seem like your first sex scene or your first sexual encounter like that is supposed to be painful. Yeah. And, that, and that's where we think of it. And I mm-hmm. really hate the way that pop culture has made that into your mind. Because truly, if you are truly aroused and really do want it, it, it may be uncomfortable for a minute if you've never done anything down there, but it shouldn't be painful. I think it just depends on your scale. I think it can think on the it person, can, yeah. too. Like, and how they're, ma- like, yeah. just their anatomy. Yeah. I just hate the trope of, oh, sex is going to be so painful for you because you're a virgin. And da-da-da. Yeah, I do think it's important to have realistic expectations going into sex. And I think for some people, it does hurt the first time. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the first sex scene, Mia decides to go to the club, right? Because mm-hmm. she wants to have sex with him. She wants to have sex mm-hmm. with Garrett. She's like, I'm done with this shit. I'm going to go. I'm going to look high. She ends up hanging out with Madam Kink. Who pretty much is running all these books at this point. She's running all these books. I think she's taking her on a tour, basically. Mm-hmm. And Garrett sees her. And then they kind of argue a little bit. Why are you here? You know, that, that shitty stuff that men do. Like, why are you here in this club? And then he grabs her and is kissing her. And he takes her to a mirror room. Mm. A new room in the club that we haven't heard about yet. Full of mirrors. I liked that. Well, because she is an exhibitionist. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he is a voyeur. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know what those terms mean, that means she likes to put on a show and he likes to watch it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. And then he makes her look at him the whole time in the Mm -hmm. eyes, which is why it's called Eyes Eyes on Me. me. Mm. And he watches everything. They have sex in the mirror room like three times. Mm. Just couldn't get enough of that stepsister of his. That stepsister. And then they go back to his place and I believe they have sex again. Yeah. I will say the smut was well written. I'm happy. 
having troubles. I think this second time for me reading it, I didn't enjoy it as much as the first. And Garrett really bothered me. Okay. And so I had a hard time even reading the smut scenes because he annoyed me throughout the book. You felt like an ick towards him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can see that. And like, just didn't feel like he treated her well. He was very hot and cold and she kept being really nice to him and he just wasn't very clear with anything. Well, this is one thing that annoyed me as a plot point. I feel like they hinted at this whole manic depressive thing. Like we knew something was going on Mm -hmm. with Garrett, right? And they, and I think that was used as an excuse for the way that he treated her Mm -hmm. in some ways, but that didn't even really come into play until we're at like 89% of the book. Uh, I didn't like that representation at all. I felt like him staying home for days and not being able to really do anything was a good, but that was a flashback Mm -hmm. that happened at like, well, it did happen to him at the end of the book too, Mm -hmm. where he couldn't go into work and Emerson comes and does his dishes for him. Right. But it didn't happen until the very end. That's what she's saying. She didn't feel like it was fair for the character because they hint at it, but they don't show any of it until the very end. I got you. To me, the subplot of that was heavy and more detailed than the actual plot of the book. Yeah. They just like threw in this really heavy detailed thing towards the end. And we also didn't like how his like happiness and stableness at one point he it was like dependent on On her. her. I can see what he was like saying. And he wasn't saying that she cured it, but she gave him like a peace, I think is the word that he used. And it quieted some of the demons. Honestly, I could relate excuse me. Honestly. Sometimes people are your anchor when you struggle with things like that. So I could see that like she had become sort of an anchor to for him. Mm-hmm. And then when he lost that, he kind of lost himself. Yeah. And then getting her back, he got anchored again. Yeah. I think I just would have liked to see it throughout the book. Yeah. So it felt like I could really see how she brought him that piece. I think I agree with that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That would have been a richer text. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was my one big critique. My one big critique of this book is the fact that he had kept secret from her like that. Yeah. I almost yeah. found it irredeemable. Me too. Yeah. Because that's so, it almost felt like a violation. Yeah. Violation and extremely manipulative, especially yeah. with the sending of gifts and mm-hmm. getting her to tell really big secrets. Yeah. And then saying, do this for him. It's just really gross to me. That I did not like. That's more grooming-ish than... That, yeah. To me, that was the creepy part. Yeah. And the way they found that out, we should add, is once they've gotten together and we have what we see as a happy ever after, Mia's dad gets sick and ends up in the hospital with this cancer, Mm -hmm. whatever it is. And when he goes to the hospital to be with his mom and to be with Mia, and then then you have this weird family dynamic Mm -hmm. back again, his mom figures it out because my mom always knows, figures out they're together. And anyway, in the course of... Of, what is the other guy from the club? He comes Drake. 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 I keep. I cannot remember that dude's name. I like Drake. I, I like Drake too that. much more than Emerson or Garrett. <laughs> well, just he comes up and is. through like dropping food off at the house, he, she figures out between some things that he says he's a contractor. He's a contractor because the Drake online it said he was like a construction contractor. She's like, wait a second, this is fake. This isn't right. And there's a confrontation, and he comes clean, and she does push him away. She does get mad. She does leave. She does mm-hmm. shut him off. But I don't think like she, I don't feel like she yeah. made him work for it like I he don't, should have. I think that was my big problem too was 
it's like, oh, we had great sex, so that fixes everything. And you said sorry while we were having sex. Right. Like, on uh, stage in front of a bunch of people. On stage in front of a bunch mm-hmm. of people. Yes. They have sex. Their makeup sex is on stage in front of an audience. Well, he comes to the club and she's on stage first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's, he's like, part of their exhibition. I did enjoy him going on stage and her being like you're gonna have to work for it i did like yeah. that. yeah and that scene i did like that where i like that she, she gave him a blowjob yeah on and made him get naked well, while he she has stuck something up there yeah and she plugged him so i did enjoy that but i didn't feel like there was real communication about the violation that he had committed yeah hopefully that happens off screen because if you've read to the end their epilogue is that they get engaged and and try for a baby yeah but they aren't pregnant yet. But, Hopefully but. they don't get divorced and then get remarried and have stepkids. Oh, God. And those stepkids get together. Vicious what a, cycle. What a vicious web they weave. Then they would know how it feels. Yeah. I guess it makes, like, planning family things easier because you don't have to go between the two sides. <laughs> That's how I felt. I was like, this is an easy in-law relationship. Yes. <laughs> For a second, I was like, wait a second. I was like, this in-law relationship is going to be super easy for both of them. Yeah, they can't. The same one. They're basically already their parents. How do you explain that to your kids? I would feel very weird as their parents with the idea of our children getting together. Because what if it doesn't work out? Then you're like totally taking a nuclear bomb to... My dad, my my father passed, would have been like hell to the freaking note. Yes. Aside from the stepbrother thing. Mm-hmm. If someone had lied to me like that. Yeah. About anything. Uh, yeah. On that scale. Hell no. No. Yeah. Treated you like that. Yeah. I could not even imagine. Mm-hmm. I would have been like, hell no. Yeah. For the story, I get it. So it's the plot point, but I did not like that in particular everything else i enjoyed i enjoyed the sex scenes i thought her going in that room by herself Mm -hmm. and putting on a show by herself in the club Mm -hmm. was really neat with the vibrator Mm -hmm. she Mm -hmm. she didn't actually she never took off her underwear which i thought was interesting i also think it's really weird that everyone else kept being like oh i heard you put on quite the show everyone was talking about it and i'm like she's a cam girl she was just masturbating. Like, out of all of the things that are happening in that club, that's the thing that people are talking about. She's really I find good that hard at, to believe. Well, she also used nipple clamps. Yeah. But I just, for me, I I'm like, that seems, me. yeah. And maybe it's because I could care less about watching really anybody masturbate. It's just not your thing. Yeah. Yeah. You're not, you're not a voyeur, Allie. No, oh, I would, I would watch other people do things so are you a voyeur or an exhibitionist if you had to pick one? Oh, if i had to pick one a voyeur for sure voyeur voyeur wait <laughs> in my heart of hearts i like the idea of being an exhibitionist but i think being a voyeur might creep me out a little bit if i'm being honest so let me ask you this and i know we talked about this on the praise episode but is it considered exhibitionism if you wear like vibrating a vibrator in your panties, but no one else knows but you and your partner? I don't Would think that so. Because you're not putting on a show. Because you're not putting on a show, so that wouldn't be exhibitionist. Mm-mm. I don't think maybe so. for the partner it would be slightly because they're not touching okay, so you. So I'm definitely a voyeur then. I don't want to do anything for anyone else to see. Yeah, and I also don't like the idea of you know, maybe it's like rooted misogyny or something unhealthy in me but I don't like the idea of my partner being on stage and doing something like that either you no don't want other people to see yeah that. No. yeah 
I think that's just a normal. Yeah. I do have a little bit of a jealous streak when it comes to stuff like that. Like I wouldn't want. Yeah. Like for him being like, so yeah, I love that she gets up there and does it. I couldn't do that. Separate from him. I could see him like being okay with it like together, but I don't know. Y'all listen, some chick flirted with Martin in the grocery aisle when I was seven months pregnant and my hormones, I almost took this chick out in Food Lion. (laughs) So it's not even like a jealousy thing to me. It's just like a privacy thing of this is something that I have with my partner and I want it to be something that just we have, if that makes sense. Well, well that's just you're, you're not into that. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. Some people are. Yeah, I was gonna say teach their own. So I asked some of our Instagram followers and unanimously all said voyeur. One person did say, Does reading smut count as being a voyeur? Hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh, mm-hmm. it might no. be. Not but yeah, not good. a single person on my Instagram page or are the Rainy Day Smut Brigades page said they wanted to be an exhibitionist. Everyone just wants to watch. I just think to me, the idea of people watching is hot. I find it the idea of it. Do you think it's because it's something that is considered, what's the word I'm looking for? Taboo? Probably. And something that was not allowed. I like things that are not allowed. Yeah. Like that are raw. Not not criminal or. Says the rule follower. Yeah. Says, exactly. That's why. Because I'm such a rule follower and I would never do these things. And we we don't want to put out there that that being an exhibitionist is wrong. It's just that what was put into our heads in our culture. If that well, it's sense. just it's a taboo. And right. It, mm-hmm. Like for our culture. Mm-hmm. So I think just the idea of it is cool. Voyeurism, I'm not interested in watching other people, but the theory of exhibitionism, I like the theory of it. I wouldn't, mm-hmm. I can't, I couldn't do it, but I like it in theory. All right. So the next question that I asked, I'm going to ask it to y'all. I also asked it to our followers. What's the largest age gap that you, so this is two part, that you would participate in if you were single Mm -hmm. and that you, even if you wouldn't participate in that you are okay with. Allie, Ashley's is like 172 Mm -hmm. years. Yeah. You go first, Ashley. Depends. Like, (laughs) Sarah gave a great answer that I think, and I don't think she's going to mind me saying her name, but I think it's your answer. To quote Mean Girls, the limit does not exist. The limit does not exist. I think as long as they can get the job done and they turn me on, I don't care. I don't care how old they are. For me, at my age You want them to be older. At my age right now. I know, but you want them to be older. You don't want to be the older person, right? Like, you don't want them to be 21. No, I don't. I'm, no, 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 no. Mm-mm. You want to be the I, younger Younger, person. I couldn't. That would feel weird to me. Okay. So, I, which is hypocritical, is it not? Mm, it's okay, <laughs> but you can admit that. So, that's, that's part I'm of not, it. I'm uh, not, what do you call it? A cougar. Not a cougar. I think for me, what am I, for myself, what would I be? See, I'm 32. Remind yourself once again how old you are. I was going to say, I'm trying to do some math, okay? I say for me, it would be at max 15 years older. So I think about my parents were in their 60s, and I just couldn't do that. Like, I think I could go to, like, maybe 50. Yeah, I think 50 max. 50 and max. that would be, like, really pushing it for me. Oh, God, y'all. Come on. Come on, you guys. Mm. <laughs> and I would date younger, but not, like, a lot younger. That, yeah. It would I mean, I could be, date, like, yeah. a 30-year-old. Like, if it was, like, a 28-year-old, yeah, because to me, that's the same as, like, a that's only four years younger. But, like, a 21-year-old, no, that feels weird. Yeah. So. I don't, I don't that's just personally not for me. I don't mind. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's weird if someone, a woman is. Yeah. in a relationship with a, a guy who's like 
Yeah. I feel like people younger. understand that you're you're not like passing judgment. Yeah. My parents are 10 years apart mm-hmm. and I don't, but mm-hmm. he was older, but yeah. So some of our followers, the most popular age was somewhere between like eight to 15 years was like the average age. Some people said up to 20 years. A couple people said, in my opinion, any age gap, as long as the youngest person is, is well over 25. So like, mm-hmm. I, I don't could, want a 20 year old. I was going to say, that's mine. Like I prefer them to be older if there's an age gap. And that's mm-hmm. one of those things that in these books they're not mm-hmm. yeah. and like some people said like 10 years doesn't seem big to me when they're 35 and 45 but then it's huge to me when they're 18 and 28 yeah and yeah. i think also when you're like 60 and 75 i think a part of what i don't like about reading in an age gap is i hate the idea of thinking down the road and that person is dying a lot sooner than the other person so the other mm-hmm. person is either going to be moving on or spending the rest of their life without their partner and i don't like that idea it makes you sad that's very yeah. that's so soft hearted so that's sweet. Sweet. sweet oh my god look at me in your ruined shirt growth <laughs> <laughs> I asked our readers, in terms of just smut in general, what are some things that they learned from reading smut books that they did not know about before reading smut books? A lot of people said knife play and blood play they found interesting Mm -hmm. that they never would have thought of before, Mm -hmm. but they've tried it out since because of that. I am afraid. I, I love it in books. I love reading some good blood play and some good knife play. I'm, I'm picky about do- it. I've seen it done well and I've seen it done poorly. And I all I have to say is my partner could never. Never. <laughs> all right. The next one is double penetration. I don't like. No. I'm okay with an Eiffel Tower. Wait, 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 wait. Okay. You mean, oh, oh that's okay. fine. Yeah. Eiffel Towering is fine. I don't mind double penetration. I thought you were saying DVP. Well, double that's the next one. vaginal penetration. So that's the next I one. I don't like. Oh, what? Hold on. What? Yeah. yeah. What? What? Yeah. Two, two and one. what yeah (laughs) excuse me people yeah i need to have a discussion with the people people listen what you didn't know that was a thing did you just tell me remember ashley's a little newbie she's a newbie all of us how the hell do you do that (laughs) i need you so maneuvering especially to explain to me how the hell right now one do that one goes in and then another one goes right next to it oh the pain (laughs) i i could not i could not i could not and i don't enjoy reading it either it doesn't the blood to me the blood the blood so I and that I, is blood play right there. I was gonna say most time there's not blood. You can do it with a yet. with a vibrator too. I was gonna say I've seen people also say like that makes more sense yeah. to me because the vibrator can be smaller. I see that. <laughs> yeah, two dicks is too much for me. If you can do that, you are you're incredible. I would just like to go ahead and congratulate you. But then, so going not double. So when vaginal, you said double penetration, I thought you meant anal and vaginal. So at that's the same time. double penetration when it's like anal and vaginal or oral and whatever but double vaginal penetration is different okay so i could i could personally see eiffel towering like oral and vaginal or oral and anal 
Actually, when people are saying double penetration, they mean vaginal and anal. Yeah, I yeah. figured as much. Yeah. So that's why I said no at first. Yeah. But then when you when you brought whoever brought up mm-hmm. Eiffel Towering, I was like, oh, yeah. I could do that. But. So I'm looking this one up right now because I don't know what it is. Sounding? Like, is that where you like talk while you're down there? I don't know. Urban Dictionary. Oh, sounding. The dangerous sex practice becoming popular with men can have dangerous side effects and permanently damage your penis. Sounding is a practice when a man insert specifically designed items made from metal or glass and into the opening urethra? of their penis. Ew. What? No. I have never read uh, anything okay. like that. Yeah, I think I had, go- yeah, that's a kink. That's I didn't know me. you could do that. Yeah. Yeah. I read about that the other day, actually. Not, yeah. I, from a medical standpoint, I'm like, yeah. I don't know. Whenever I see stuff like that, I'm like, I don't want to yuck anybody's yum. But right. like, I'm like, uh, that doesn't seem, that doesn't seem healthy to me. Yeah. Like, it seems like it could be, you can mess dangerous. something up. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it says right here, it's a dangerous sex practice. Like, because mm-hmm. putting in a catheter is... Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a reason why like, catheters at home. Yeah, but like the, you're guided through that process, and everything yeah, is by extremely the clean. You do it, sterile yeah, and sterile. And yeah. I'm sure that there are, like you say, people putting catheters at home. So I'm sure there's a safe way to do it. It's just when you're doing it in a sexual manner, you have to make sure you're always doing it safe. Mm-hmm. That would be the fear. I can't imagine what would be sexual about that. But some people do have a... You never know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, know. I don't right. have a penis. That takes a lot of, for me, that takes a lot of time and conscious <laughs> effort. Yeah, because you have to be so careful. Yeah, that I'm like, it, would, it wouldn't feel like an organically sexual moment anymore after you have to go through all those steps for something yeah. like that. See, that's why we're not into like like people who do like crazy hours long like Dom play or something. It just puts too much work. Mm-hmm. I couldn't I couldn't plan out scenes. That's what I'm trying to say. Like people yeah. who do mm-hmm. full scenes. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of work. That's a lot of work. And I'm just lazy. Yeah. <laughs> I am just lazy. I did learn about one other thing. Stuffing is when you have a man who's had so many orgasms that they can't get hard anymore. Mm-hmm. And you just stuff them inside you. I didn't know that that was a name. Yeah. So one orgasm. <laughs> 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 might, have, might have participated <laughs> in that one a few times. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Have we all done that before? We didn't well, realize it. Like, wait, wait. I'll get, <laughs> <laughs> I'll get there. Give me a minute. <laughs> I feel like we've all been there a time or two. Yeah. I didn't know there and anything. the other one I got was fisting, which I know what yeah. that is, but I personally could never. I feel like it. if you can fist, you could um, do the double penetration. Double, double penetration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not hating on the thought of it. The more we talk about if it, the more you're liking it. If you're having a three-way, I'm not hating on the thought of it. Yeah. But I, I just I can't imagine I it physically. Yeah. I don't partic- personally want to do it. No. But I don't mind reading it. I've never read it. I do feel like sometimes smut books don't do a great job of portraying butt play. And right. there's sometimes not enough prep. That was and exactly what I'm about I saying. think that's yeah. something Iced Out did well. And I think we touched on that. Mm-hmm. That there was some prep but there. There was some prep, but I don't feel Not like enough. there was enough. Yeah. yeah. For in in like there was enough. at yeah. least they mentioned Especially it. Especially for like his like first time. Yeah. 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 They mentioned it, which is good. Like, no, we don't want to do this. We don't want to hurt you. Like, I mean, I like that part of it. Well, but he used, I mean, he did use his fingers to prep. Yeah. And he used like multiple fingers and yeah, stuff. he like eat lube and whatever. Yeah. Well, I know 
That's still nothing like a... I, and this person is going to know who they are because they listen to the podcast, but I'm not going to say their name. I know a person who has, who does an enema. That's time. a thing. Yeah, every time before they do anal. Before oh, they do... Oh, like no, some people... So they fully clean out before. Yeah. And there are a lot a kink, of... Th- though. Did you know enema play is a kink? I did, I did, but this, but for this person, it's it just is an like enema is a... Or some kind of douching or something is sometimes a common practice for people who know they're going to be doing. Yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, like just do it in the shower. Do it in yeah, the shower. she she had told me before that she that was part of her prep is when she knew they were going to do that. Yeah, that she would go and and have an enema and like she there's like special oils and stuff that she can mm-hmm. use to clean herself out and she says it makes it ten times better. Yeah, um, I imagine. never gone that far, but yeah, I don't like. Again, stuff, so. I'm too damn lazy. Yeah, I don't know. I'm like I'm an in the mood person. Yeah, it's it's all this sounds like too much work for me. Basically, we're just all lazy we're as fuck. Still, really vanilla white women. We just want to. <laughs> we just want to read we about it. Read we don't want to do yeah. it. We just want to read about it. But I think that that is one of the like it's probably the case for a lot of people. <laughs> That's like the one of the like benefits of reading and like why people like reading because it can be some where you can experience things vicariously and you don't have to do it yourself yeah i think that's a yeah. that's cool all right last few questions which room would you try out probably the mirror room i was gonna say i do like the mirror room i like that as well i like that as well well i told you my favorite thing was in front of a mirror so that was one of the first questions we mm-hmm. wait do you have a mirror in your bedroom i don't remember no mm-hmm. i do in my bathroom yeah. All right. Did you learn anything from this book? That Garrett annoyed me. I learned that I can read a book and really like it. And then when I come discuss it with y'all, I will end up not liking it that much. <laughs> I feel like when you read it, you read it for emotional value. And so it's just the emotions that it elicits in, elicits in that yeah. moment. But then once you actually start dissecting mm-hmm. parts of it, you're like, wait a second. I don't really like this. I don't really like this. Because yeah. you don't have the emotion tied to it right now. So we're not tied to it emotionally. Yeah, I'm not tied to the character's mm-hmm. emotion. I'm just looking at it objectively and objectively i'm like oh i don't like that Mm -hmm. because when you were reading this you were texting us like crazy i loved it how much you loved it and i still think it is hot like i still think the idea of the older stepbrother and this hot 30 something year old stepbrother is just extremely steamy for me it's very erotic Mm -hmm. yes i like that i have no problem with that i think what for me, is I don't like the whole cam girl that he lied about mm-hmm. the manipulation. Know, that. Very manipulative. Mm-hmm. I didn't like that. The duplicity. I don't mind that she's a cam girl. I don't mind that she's an exhibitionist. I don't mind that he's a voyeur. I just didn't like, yeah. That I he lied. W- I will say, I was listening to a story on NPR the other day, and they were talking about something that is not talked about is, but they were saying how being a cam girl or having an OnlyFans is actually in an incredibly like, we think oh wow easy money and safe you don't really have to put yourself out there and you can do it from your home and she's making 450 bucks an hour like we said easy money but being a cam girl is actually very especially one who's doing like personal interactions like a very emotionally draining and physically draining uh, because you are having to read these people put on an act give them what they want listen to them listen to their problems you know that it's a lot more work than we think it is. Gotcha. And I like I just had never thought about that. No. Mm-mm. Yeah. So I thought that was really interesting how they were talking about how it's very emotionally draining of a job. Yeah. I- I'm sure there is a way that it can be done poorly. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And dangerously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
and or I'm sure there's a way people can be forced into doing it. I think that that is something that I have maybe an issue with when he's talking about, yeah, I just happened upon this cam girl site. And there are a lot of cam girl things that are just very, very poorly run and very exploitative to women. And I don't think there's a way to really vet that. Yeah, he says it's like a higher class one. He says, they say in the, she says in the book, she writes that it's. Yeah, but I just like, as a person who's from the internet, I don't think you can properly vet something like that. Mm. And so there's, they can say that. And the girls look but really how do they nice. Really know? Yeah, but how do you know? And so I think that that is we, because it's your stepsister and she's in your, right. your late cafe. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you find out. Yeah. But so I think that that is just like one of like my critiques of stuff like that is you can't really know. How many rich people have we talked about? Mm. <laughs> how many rich people books? At least on this one, I didn't feel like we dwelled on the fact that Gary they had rich. a lake house. Well, his family did. But I don't feel like with Emerson, it was like, oh, his beach house is so big. Oh, he drives his fancy car. Oh, he looks like a rich man. I get that. But like Garrett, I didn't feel like that was something. But it's probably because Mia also comes from wealth. Yeah, they're all rich. He's rich. Oh, yeah. He's definitely rich. I'm not saying he's not. I'm saying I enjoyed that we didn't dwell on that. And it wasn't like a common thing that kept being brought up. But on a vibration scale, on our vibration scale, where do you guys put this one? I I give it like a one and a half to a two. I'd give it a two. I give it a two. Yeah. I think it's a solid two mm-hmm. because there is a lot of different stuff mm-hmm. that happened. Yeah. And and also the little taboo of it. Taboo and exhibition-y. Yeah. That, all that. Yeah. I, th- I think I give it a two because it had a whole cam girl thing. Mm-hmm. I think it was, it had a, a lot of smut mm-hmm. in it for sure. So I think it's definitely like a. <sighs> we should record that with me now. <laughs> oh, throaty. Just do it. <laughs> she can't get that first note. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> it doesn't sound much different than the. I couldn't get that first time I tried. I couldn't Maybe get the first the... night out. There we go. <sighs> <sighs> Next week, we'll be discussing A Soul to Keep by Opal Rain. Ashley will be leading that discussion. Yeah, and we have, we've talked to the author, so we'll be reading. I've asked her some questions, and we'll be reading her answers. This is our first author-style interview. Yeah, she was so sweet, you guys. Please go get that book. It is Monsters is Real Monster Smut. Real Monster Smut. I'm going to go see if I can follow her on Instagram. I know, I'm going right now. It's very interesting. And if you look on her website, I I can't, I think it might be opalrenee.com. I'm sorry, Opal, if we're pronouncing your name wrong. To me, it looks like Renee. And I think it looks like rain. Yeah. I vote rain. We're in a fight again. Y'all can never be, good Lord. I really Opal, it was me who emailed you, but I appreciated your you're very sweet. And if you go look on her website, she talks a lot about her journey, mental health, and everything. So this pay, I, I just followed her on Instagram. Some of this artwork, holy shit! She has censored versions up, but damn, yeah. Wait till y'all meet Orpheus. Oh my! Is wait? Is this from the book? That hold on, hold on. If it's Orpheus, it's from the book that we're reading. Yeah, that's Orpheus. Oh my god! Yeah, that's the book we're gonna read. <laughs>
Oh, she's Australian. Cool. Yes, she is from Australia. Oh, my God. Yeah. So y'all go get that book. Oh, I saw some of this artwork the other day. I sent it to y'all. Oh. I am so excited. (laughs) (laughs) It looks familiar for some reason. (laughs) I can't believe Hannah didn't recognize it. Is that the one you sent us? I sent you the artwork. Yeah, I sent you that. Are you sure? I don't remember this. You were ignoring me. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Oh, God. I'm sorry, y'all. Hannah's still with us. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Rainy Day Smut Brigade. This show was produced by Hannah, myself, and Allie. That is grammatically incorrect, but I don't give a shit. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok, and we also have a website, therainydaysmutbrigade.com. If you visit there, you can learn more about us and buy some Smut Brigade merch from tpublic.com. You can email us with any questions at therainydaysmutbrigade at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you and you your smutty book suggestions or any other suggestions of topics we could talk about. We're here for you, you guys. We're listening. All right, so we're out of here, but before we do that, we want to wish good sex to you. Good sex to you, Ashley. Good sex to you. Good sex to you and to you as well. To everyone. wonderful audience. Merry Christmas, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) It's a season of bliss and joy. It's not Christmas. Merry Valentine's Day. It's past Valentine's Day, but this is... Merry St. Patrick's Day. Merry St. Patrick's Day. (laughs) Happy Labor Day. All right. Good sex to everyone. Good sex. Down tonight.